This is episode number 36 of Under 10, a mini podcast on intimacy with Dr. Jessica Tartaro. That's me. Last episode, I explored the importance of cultivating friendship inside of your romance to help you grow together over time. This week's podcast is about the practice of looking people in the eyes. If you are listening and saying to yourself, ugh, looking people in the eyes is so awkward, you aren't alone. In this episode, I'm going to unpack why eye-gazing makes you squirm, as well as how to turn your aversion to locking eyes into a superpower for intimacy. I want to start by inviting you to take a deep breath, settle back in your seat, and look me in the eyes. I'm right here. Go ahead. I'm waiting. Obviously, you can't actually see me behind my microphone, and I can't see you behind your speaker or headphones, so this is just a thought exercise. But when you imagine directly holding my gaze while you listen to my voice, what happens? Very likely, you may notice your breath starting to tighten, your mind starting to race, and before you know it, your eyes have darted away. Phew, enough of that, right? Without practice, I don't know anyone who is comfortable with eye-gazing. This is a very common reaction. No judgment here. I will never forget the first workshop I went to 10 years ago where the entire focus was to eye-gaze. I don't remember anyone giving me clues about how to understand the waves of discomfort that assaulted me when I pulled up my chair to my first partner and began to look. I am pretty sure I held my breath most of that day. When the hours-long eye-gazing torture was finally over, I sang hallelujah. But despite my discomfort, I left that day changed. When we started, I could barely sit still eye to eye. By the end of it, I had begun to touch moments of stillness that helped me stay with the feelings that arose without needing to look away. If you have ever sought me out for help in your relationship, you already know that eye-gazing is one of the first tools I teach couples in our intimacy coaching sessions. Early on in the first session, I invite couples to gently find one another's eyes and take a breath. I never suggest they need to lock eyes unblinkingly or bore a hole in one another's heads with the force of their gaze, but rather... I encourage them to find one another's eyes at their own pace. They can look away as much as they want to. The instruction is simply to keep coming back. Though I've taught this tool for years, it never ceases to surprise me what happens next. Some couples burst into uncontrollable giggles. Sometimes people cry. Occasionally, they fall back into a glowy-eyed wonder with one another in an instant. Inevitably, something happens when I invite them to slow down and just look. Put simply, when we hold someone else's gaze and linger for more than a breath or two, it may be them we are seeing, but it's us we are feeling. There's no more potent anchor I know for landing in the center of one's own heart than holding another's gaze. Think about it like this. 
When you are mad at someone or feel any sort of overwhelming emotion in connection to them, what's the first thing to shut down? It's your eyes. You won't look at them. It's a withdrawal of the heart through the eyes. You know instinctively that if you look at them, you will feel the pain. And so the protection is to look down or look anywhere else or even close your eyes. It's a defense of yourself and it works to keep others and yourself away from your heart until you feel you have the resources to come back. Because interestingly, if we don't look at others, sometimes we can, for a short while, avoid looking at ourselves, too. This is the very premise of intimacy that drew me into this field ten years ago. Our own hearts can seem like mysterious locked rooms, but when we connect with another person, including through the eyes, seemingly impenetrable doors to our hearts can swing open. Through depth of connection with others, we can gain access to the deepest layers of ourselves. And here's the important caveat. Unless we have guidance for how to handle the fire hose of intensity that can come through the eyes, sometimes that torrent is just too much. I was recently sharing dinner with people I love dearly and got triggered by some well-intended but miscalibrated questions that came my way. Though I am typically a look-you-in-the-eye kind of person, I found myself overwhelmed and unsure of how to take care of myself. In that unsettled state, I cast my eyes down and pretended like my meal, which I ate quickly, was the most fascinating thing around. As time awkwardly passed, I noticed that the longer I kept my eyes on my empty plate while others ate, the more I wanted to make up some excuse to leave the table. When I eventually gathered myself, looked up, and re-engaged in the conversation, I gradually melted out of my unease and was able to reconnect. But it took the rest of the evening and lots of encouraging back rubs from my partner to fully come back. As a pathway to the heart, the eyes are both an exquisite vulnerability and an unlimited superpower. What makes the difference between needing to protect that vulnerability and cultivating the superpower is having the support and skill for grounding ourselves inside of the feeling. Okay, so let's come back to that first exercise now, the one where I invited you to look me in the eyes. I'm still here, even though you darted away. Imagine coming back, but this time, before you find my gaze, close your own eyes and take a breath and ground. Use the breath to send your energy down to your seat, your pelvis, or your toes. Check in with your heart. What's there today? Just notice with as little judgment as possible. Inhabit yourself for a few breaths on purpose with no other goal than to check out the scenery inside. When you are ready, flutter your eyes open and let's begin. The difference here is that I have invited you to ground before you looked me in the eye. You can think of grounding like coming home to yourself. And when you're home, it's a little more bearable to stay with the climate change that comes when we lock eyes. If at any point you need to look away and reground, do so, and come back when you're ready. 
Pacing a practice of feeling feelings is vital for helping our systems learn that feelings are not bad, but rather they are a pathway to more resilience, power, and confidence. They are a pathway to life itself. Cutting off from feeling feelings by avoiding eye contact can protect us and temporarily it can help. But over time, the more we stare at that empty plate and avoid looking at the other people at the table, as I recently did, the more our capacity to feel our own hearts is diminished. Avoiding eye contact risks numbing our hearts. The good news is that we can bring the blood flow back when we are ready, by looking up again, and if we are lucky, finding the eyes of the people who have been waiting there for us all along. For this week's homework, find a practice partner and practice eye-gazing. Set a timer and begin with two to three minutes. First, ground. Close your eyes, find your breath, wiggle your toes, exhale loudly, hold something in your hands that is fuzzy or smooth, and focus on your outbreath. Implement whatever works for you to settle. When you have both opened your eyes, see if you can keep noticing your toes or your breath while the feelings arise. Because you will start to feel feelings, the impulse is to leave yourself when you look at the other person. The practice is to stay in you when connecting with them. This is the template you will want to repeat for healthy intimacy. As long as you go slowly, your eyes can teach you how. Though it's not easy, welcoming feelings through our eyes can make space in our hearts for the love we want. I wish you brave practice this week of finding your heart through opening your eyes. This is Dr. Jessica Tartaro with Under 10, a mini podcast on intimacy. Oh, 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 oh.